Ladies and gentlemen, this episode brought to you by Clyde Mays Alabama Style Whiskey. They're not a sponsor, but they're a sponsor. I wish they was a sponsor. I really wish mm, they were. They're delicious. That shit is really fucking good. Don't, don't inhale it, though. It's not the best inhale. It's not good for inhaling, but it is warm, and it is smooth, and it is fantastic. Tennessee honey is what it tastes like, I but tell you. Other than that, what we do have to bring you tonight is... That was a sentence. I don't know if it was. <laughs> is this episode is about probably the greatest rock and roll instrumentalist of all time. I would say, well, in my humble opinion, arguably, in my humble the opinion, the greatest guitar player that's ever walked the face of the earth. Yes, in my opinion, in most people's opinion, yes. I mean, he fucking, he, the wah-wah and distortion was like never Invented. occurred to anybody. Invented. Right. By him. And, and the so, guitar was upside down the whole time because they didn't make left-handed guitars. And you're welcome. Yep. If you haven't figured out, it's Jimi Hendrix. And Jimmy. By the title. Is, is that Jimmy? On the on the episode you clicked on, you it know, said Jimi Hendrix. We can't... The, we're going about this so, all we're going about this all wrong, Chris. We're we trying are? to lead into these things and these people know exactly what they're clicking on. They're, they're they clicked on Jimmy. I don't Jimi understand Hendrix. why we even play around anymore. They click on Jimi Hendrix. Is we what attempt to on. allude to the title and, and in like, the yeah. title we're like, Oh yeah, Jimi Hendrix they're like, yeah. died but he was actually murdered. Mm. Yeah, but they're like yeah. He may have been murdered. They, they were like, Yeah, no shit, dummy. That's why I clicked on this episode. <laughs> It's a fucking. So we're sorry for the runaround, but uh, uh, as you shitheads do love a timeline. Timeline. Let's get into it. So when Jimi Hendrix was born. No, he, we're uh, not starting it when Jimi Hendrix was born. Okay, okay, keep no, going. I, I literally just, that okay, was off the top of my head. That's what I thought. It was funny. So we're going to fast forward to from when <laughs> Jimi was born to September 11th, 1970. Oh, okay. <laughs> So, Hendrix gave his final interview in his suite at the Cumberland Hotel in London. The Cumberland? And the Cumberland. During the interview, Hendrix confirmed reports that Billy Cox, who was a bass player... Billy Cox! Was it Dewey Cox? No, but he did drop some LSD. He was the bass player in the Jimi Hendrix experience. He was leaving the band, so Cox had been suffering... <laughs> From severe exhaustion. <laughs> We're not mature enough. Billy was suffering from severe exhaustion and was exhibiting symptoms of paranoia. Mutually agreed with Hendrix that he should suspend their plans to collaborate musically. That's weird. So the next day on September 12th, Hendrix received a phone call from one of his girlfriends, Devin Wilson. One of his girlfriends. Yep, yeah, because that's not the one that found him dead. Right. So she became jealous after hearing rumors that that's he was Jimmy. dating another woman, Kirsten Neffer. Oh, that's a different one. So Neffer recalled that he, she, boy, Neffer recalled she heard Jimmy. I mean, it could have been a he. Maybe a, Jimmy was a guy open. or two might have slipped in there. It was the 60s. Who could have known? Well, this was in the 70s, but you know. Whatever. It, it was the he edge was, of the 60s. He was 27. Melting into the 70s, right? So she heard Jimmy talk to Devin. She was mad. She went into fits. And Jimmy said to Devin, Devin, get off my back. Bitch. Which is what you say to your girlfriend, apparently. Get off my back. Bitch. If you're dating 
multiple other women at the same time. Yes, that's and, what you say. But you're Jimi Hendrix too. You're Jimi you fucking could Hendrix. Say, How could you expect uh, him to be? Listen, we're that's not, like being married to Tiger Woods. We're not mis- like. How could you possibly <laughs> expect him? Us here at Shit's Weird Bro are not misogynists at all. But we back Jimi Hendrix. That's right. Jimmy, I mean... It's Jimmy. You're a rock star. That's what you do. He wore them tight pants slinging dick everywhere. Dude. Just like, what's his name? Robert Plant. With them and judging tight-ass by his pants. size... He had a hog, it probably. It is swinging. Yeah. Past the dang-a-lang. So, Hendrix was scheduled to perform in Rotterdam, on, which is how you say it in the English language. Sure. Or Rotterdam. You mean Rotterdam in... That's how they say it. In, in the UK vernacular. In London. Oh. Is that like you're from London? London. Okay. Let's not do no, London no Sarah accents. Marshall. Okay. So. I'm not the, your wife, Christopher. The show got canceled because co- because Billy. Because Cox. <laughs> what Cox do this time? Cox couldn't come. <laughs> he couldn't he could so. show up. <laughs> Cox couldn't come. God damn it. So during that That's evening, a serious problem. Neffer actually visited uh, Hendrix in Cumberland. So the so on the fourteenth, Hendrix spent most of the early afternoon and evening discussing his career plans with his record producer, Alan Douglas. In the early morning and hours of September fifteenth, he went to London's Heathrow Airport with Douglas, who was returning to New York. Hendrix's confidant. Sharon Lawrence was in London and spoke with him that day. Lawrence commented, Jimmy tracked me down detailing his pressures and discussing the so-called friends. He was jittery and angry. According to Lawrence, Hendrix told her, I can't sleep. I can't focus to write any songs. Well, so, he, he was an insomniac. Right. People. Well, uh, yeah, if you take a- enough amphetamines, you're probably not going to be able to sleep. It's just true. But yeah, he was an insomniac. I think, Doctors diagnosed him with insomnia, not just because of drugs. Like, he was actually insomniac. Drugs don't help. They definitely don't. Right. Especially amphetamines. Keep you up all night. So, later that afternoon, his girlfriend, Monica Daneman, arrived at the Cumberland Hotel. Hey, that's the one I know. She and Hendrix then drove to her apartment in the Samarkand Hotel uh, in Notting Hill. During the afternoon of September 15th, Hendrix was asked by his girl, by his girl. friend, I'm just assuming everyone's his girlfriend, Yeah. by his friend Eric Burden, formerly of the Animals, he, if he wanted to participate yep. in a jam session at Ronnie Scott's Jazz Club with uh, War, which was Bordeaux's new band. That yeah. concert would have been fucking Dope. So Hendrix accepted, but when he arrived at the club that evening, he wasn't allowed to play because he looked super disoriented and drugged up. So Bourdon commented, Jimmy came down, he was well Bordon, out of it. Burden. Burden. He was wobbling too much to play. So I told him to come back the following night. Hendrix did return the following night, and he was in a healthier exp- uh, appearance. The crowd was enthusiastic and impressed by his performance, despite his uncharacteristically subdued guitar playing while he sat in with War on Tobacco Road and Mother Earth. Dude. Which must have been <laughs> the best concert. Fucking fire. And that's the last time he played guitar in public, which I'm okay with. Uh, with War? With War. Imagine being the guy at that concert, though. 
like you're just like, oh, this is fucking awesome. You're and like, then, I'm gonna go see war. And then, then fucking Jimmy, Jimmy Hendrix Jimmy shows, shows up. up. And then the next day is like, oh, Jimi Hendrix is dead. You're like, hey, at least I got to see that. Yeah, that's crazy. So, so H- Hendrix spent much of his last day with Monica Daneman. Uh, they walked around London. He he bought like a leather leather jacket, London. ordered some shoes. He signed an autograph for some kid, whatever. The when fuck. he bought the leather jacket, he signed the autograph for the kid. And the kid also bought a leather jacket. Irrelevant to the story. It's really. not irrelevant. Irrelevant. London. That's a new word. Irrelevant. So later that day, while he was back at the Cumberland Hotel, Hendrix made several phone calls. Three hours later. Daneman said he phoned his lawyer, Henry Steingarten. Gardenstein? Uh, I didn't. I don't know. I didn't hear anything. I feel about like his the um, Steingarten. You know, it's his lawyer, so it should Gardenstein? be Gardenstein. That makes more sense. Or Gar- but it's spelled here Steingarten. Stein Steingarten. I don't know. Asking With a T, him to find- like kindergarten. <laughs> anyway, he was asking his lawyer to find a way out of his contract with Mike Jeffrey and producer Eddie Kramer, for whom Hendrix left a voice message <laughs> saying he wanted to leave. So Mitch Mitchell said that he called Hendrix at the Cumberland on September 17th after having been asked to do so by the tour manager, Jerry Stickles, who had <laughs> spoken to <laughs> Hendrix just minutes earlier. Jerry Stickles. <laughs> Mitchell said that during the phone conversation, Hendrix agreed to join him around midnight at the Speakeasy Club for a previously arranged jam session, which included Sly Stone. Shit, that's dope, too. I'm telling you. After stopping at the Cumberland, Hendrix and Daneman accompanied Harvey to his apartment. Arriving around 5.30 p.m., Hendrix and Daneman smoked hashish and drank tea and wine with Harvey and two of his female companions while discussing their individual careers. Around 10 p.m. That fucking thing happened. Around 10 p.m., Daneman apparently feeling left out of the conversation and jealous of the attention Hendrix was giving Harvey's female friends, Became visibly upset, stormed out of the flat. Oh, that bitch do it? Maybe? Hendrix follows her and an argument ensues. So she reportedly shouts, you fucking pig. Harvey concerned... I thought it was going to go a different way. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Harvey concerned that they're yelling, uh, concerned that they're yelling would draw unwarranted attention from police, asked them to quiet down. Harvey... He remained uh, silent out of the incident out of respect for his father, Arthur Vera Harvey. Uh, He gave an affidavit after his father's death in 1994. Harvey was like, I didn't, I'm not saying nothing, right? So in his statement, he claims to to have been mildly concerned for Hendrick's safety, worried that Daneman might, quote, resort to serious physical violence. Mm. According to Harvey, Daneman verbally assaulted Hendrix in the most offensive way possible. Oh, she went the way I was going to go. how I think you interpreted that That's where I thought she was going to go. Right. So approximately 30 minutes later, Hendrix re-enters the flat. Monica Daneman is probably white because... I'm assuming. Jimi Hendrix had an affinity for white women. A black guy with an infinity for white women. Is it an infinity? It's affinity. 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 I said it wrong as well, yeah. But... Every picture I see him with with a chick, it's usually a white woman. So interesting. You can deduce what that word was. <laughs> I can only yeah. imagine. Yeah. 
So Hendrix comes back. He apologized for the outburst, but um, he apologized. Yeah. Then he what leaves. A... Then he leaves with Danaman at about ten forty. Danaman says she then prepared a meal for them at the apartment, which was literally a t- fucking tuna fish sandwich. I mean, them shits are good sometimes, right. especially when you're high. It probably hits a whole nother level. If she chopped up like the sweet pickles in it and the dill pickles. With a little if bit of, she did. You know what I mean? That was probably pretty good. She's white. Does she know flavor? We're white, uh, and we put the pickles in the tuna salad. I don't think I ever put pickles in tuna salad. You ain't never put sweet and dill pickles in the tuna salad? I don't think so. I don't oh, know. Man. It's the best. With a little bit of I mustard. I honestly don't think I've ever made my own tuna fish sandwich. Are you serious? I'm dead You're serious You're a grown right adult? Now. I'm a grown adult. I've never made a tuna fish sandwich. I've made countless tuna fish sandwiches. My grandma taught me how to do it, and then I ain't looked back since. You fucking... Anyway. Insufficient <laughs> bastard. I forgot where I was. Oh, sometime after returning to the apartment, Hendrix took a bath. Then he wrote a poem entitled The Story of Life. Mm. Which I wish I would have taken a look at what that poem says. At approximately 1.45 a.m. on Friday, September 18th, Danneman drove Hendrix to the party Wilson had invited to them invited them to earlier that day or they could have invited the party to them it's yeah. Jimi hendrix you invite parties to him right they're yeah. like you want to go to this party no and no, no like, you you bring the party here you're like hey i'm gonna have a party i'd like to bring it to you yeah exactly. where would you like it to be i'll have it here baby <laughs> so it was hosted by one of his business acquaintances pete cameron so at the party hendrix complained to cameron about business problems uh, he ate some food and he took at least one amphetamine tablet, at least. Hmm. Right. What night was this? This was the 18th. 18th, okay. So 30 minutes later, Danneman rang the flat's intercom asking for Hendrix. Another guest, Stella Douglas, asked to return. Asked her to return later. According to yeah. Angie Burden, the estranged wife of Eric Burden of the Animals. When Danneman came back around 15 minutes later, Douglas used an assertive approach to her to point of being imp- impolite. Oh, okay. we'll, we'll call it impolite. Undeterred, Danneman demanded to speak with Hendrix. Burton recalled, Hendrix got angry because Danneman wouldn't leave him alone. According to Burton, Burden, other guests at the party Just because shouted, they're in London doesn't mean you have to pronounce it all. I know, I know, you know, I know. It's just burden. other guests part at the party shouted out the windows at Danneman asking her to leave. Hendrix eventually Go yielded home, bitch. and spoke Go right. Home, bitch. Basically, uh, Hendrix eventually spoke with Danneman before unexpectedly leaving the party around 3 a.m. So Danneman, who is the only eyewitnesses, she's the only eyewitness to Hendrix's final hours, right? Yeah. She said after 3 a.m., she made two finished tuna fish sandwiches for them after arriving to her basement apartment. Around 4 a.m., Hendrix was struggling with insomnia because obviously he consumed the fucking amphetamines earlier. And he's a prescribed insomniac. She said she refused his request, hoping he would fall asleep naturally. Yeah, that ain't happening. Right. Danneman said she uh, surreptitiously took. What the fuck is that word? (laughs) <laughs> surreptitiously I'm just gonna say she took a sleeping tablet sometime around 6am I seriously with, don't know what that word and, means and <laughs> Hendrix was still awake so she awoke around 10 to 10 20 to find him sleeping normally in the bed next to her she said she left to purchase cigarettes 
and she returned around 11, found mm-hmm. him in bed breathing, but he was unconscious and unresponsive. She telephoned for an ambulance at around 11.18 and one arrived at 11.27. Yeah. Well, I... Let me see. He, that sounds about right. On the morning of his death, Daniman claims to have woken up to find him Hendrix sleeping normally. She's proceeded to go out for a cigarette. Upon return, her story states that she found Hendrix had gotten sick and is having trouble breathing. She called Eric Burden of the animals who they had partied with the night before. He demanded that she call an ambulance. Daniman claims that the ambulance arrived around 11.30 a.m. and that she rode with Hendrix on the way to the hospital where he suffocated en route. Hmm. Is what I see. When ambulance crew members, Reg Jones mm-hmm. and John Saua... I think you're going the same way as I ...arrived at the Samarkand, which is where her mm-hmm. apartment the hotel. is. Right? Yeah. The <laughs> door to the flat was wide open... The gas fire was on, the curtains were drawn, and the apartment was dark. The crew called out several times, but after receiving no response, they entered and found Hendricks alone in bed. Daneman was nowhere to be found. Yep. According to Jones, uh, well, we had to get the police. We only had Hendricks in an empty flat. So John ran up and radioed and got the aspirator. It was horrific. He was covered in vomit. There was tons of it all over the pillow. Black and brown it was. His airway was completely blocked all the way down. We felt his pulse, showed light in his eyes, but there was no response at all. At 11.30 a.m., police officers Ian Smith and Tom Keene responded to a call for police police assistance from the ambulance control Well, police existence is good to know that they're they're, they're there. He said, "Once, once the police arrived, which seemed like no time at all, we got Hendrix off to the hospital as quick as we could. The ambulance crew left the hotel approximately at 11.35 to take Hendrix to St. Mary Abbott's Hospital. And they arrived at 11.45, which 10, yep. 10 minutes is pretty fucking fast. Medical registrar Dr. Martin Seifert stated, Jimmy was rushed into the resuscitation room. He was put on a monitor, but it was his EKG trace was flat. I pounded his heart with CPR a couple times. Uh-huh. Yours but, is going to be more accurate than but mine. But there was no point. He was dead. According to Seifert, to attempt to resuscitate Hendrix... Seifert? Seifert? Uh, Seifert? Uh, you said Seifert. <laughs> so. I just want to say fart. Okay. Hendrix lasted just a few minutes. Uh, the surgical registrar, Dr. John Bannister, commented he was cold and he was blue. He had all the parameters of someone who had been Could dead be for blue, some though? time. We worked on him for about a half an hour without any response at all. Yeah, your body kind of turns a little blue. White people's does. Jimmy was pretty light-skinned, though. You only see him in black and white. I couldn't tell. I mean, it seems like he was. Uh, Bannister pronounced Hendrix dead at 12.45 p.m. on Friday, September 18, 1970. He was 27 years old in the the 27 Club. club. Uh, He later stated on admission... He was obviously dead. He had no pulse, no heartbeat, and attempt to resuscitate him was merely a formality. So yeah, mine mine was a little bit different. They had a, maybe the EMT's memory got a little skewed later on, mm-hmm. but the EMT uh, the recollection uh, recollection of the ambulance attendants are a direct contradiction of Daneman's story, and they claim that the apartment was empty except for Hendrix lying dead on the bed. 
after an unsuccessful attempt at revival, they pronounced him dead. The autopsy failed to conclude time of death, but it was evident that Hendrix had been dead for some time before the paramedics had arrived. Right, because so, when he got to the hospital, he was already fucking well, dead I mean, pretty you're, much. Your sounds blue. more accurate, but from the way that this sounds is they pronounced him dead at the scene. Is what this sounds like from what I mean, my research was. Which, what it seems like in general, because yeah. if he's already but it was a formality, cold and blue when he arrives yep. at the hospital, so, he's been dead the, for a while. So the the running, th- not the running theme. What the official statement from the police department is right now, or the medical. What, I don't know who makes the certificate of death. Both police and and uh, uh, the coroner. They say that he asphyxiated on his own vomit. Right. That officially, yeah, he he died choking on his own he, vomit. He asphyxiated. He asphyxiated on his own vomit. Uh, there's other Eric, but that's Never. that's convenient. Let let me get into Eric Burden real quick. Eric Burden. They they interviewed him uh, after it had happened. Uh, hmm. Eric Eric Burden initially claimed that Hendrick's death was a suicide, but the facts also contradict this notion. Uh, despite Hendrick's increasingly be, uh, erratic behavior and dark circumstances present in his life, i.e., women problems and uh, depression and things like that, yeah. that could all he had do a hard it. time smiling. Uh, you yeah. look at a lot of photos. Well, like his, last fo- his, death, his last photo, his last photo, the last one with ever. the pic- with the guitar, with the Black Beauty. Yeah, Black Beauty, where he's drinking tea, he wasn't smiling, and mm. they they had to force smiles out of him, or not they, she had to force smiles out of him. Danaman, uh, Monica, yeah, yeah, Danaman. she took the fucking picture exactly. Um, but all of that darkness in his life, close friends had claimed that he was still relatively happy at the time. Hendrix was Hendrix was found. I mean, he's fucking jamming with war. Yeah, with fucking. Sli- he's got the life. You know what I mean. Uh, but they had found nine Vesperax sleeping pills uh, in his system, which is said to contribute to his death. So he was an insomniac, and she, whatever the fuck that word was, she had taken sleeping pills. But these... And he allegedly asked her for one. Yes. And she said no. These Vesperax sleeping pills were what he took. He had taken nine of them. They were in his system. Uh, he was a chronic insomniac, and it was uh, he was very resistant to the act of, to the effects of barbiturates, which are sleeping pills. Right. Um, so taking nine of them, he didn't feel much uh, effect to that, just because all the drugs that he had done, yeah. LSD, and all that stuff, his system had a tolerance to this stuff. Oh, so, to preface this, he did a lot of drugs. A lot of drugs. <laughs> there was uh, at Woodstock. He was a twenty-something at Woodstock. Fucking when prodigy. They said that he had fifteen hits of acid on him at Woodstock when he when he smashed and burnt the guitar. He had him like all in his a couple in his lips under his tongue. They said that he puts them under his headband. Yeah, that's where he wore his headband and stuff like that. But. He the effects of the barbiturates didn't really do much to him. Nine pills wasn't like disastrous to him, mm-hmm. and it's also contradictory to the claim that he committed suicide. It was that he had a packet of forty-two Vesperax pills 
in his front pocket at the time of death. Right. Wouldn't you which, take those? Which would pretty much rule out a suicide because if you were trying to kill yourself, you would have taken all 42 of them yeah. and just been like, I'm done with not? it. Because you obviously have done a lot of drugs and you know nine doesn't do much to you. Yeah. You're not just going to take those nine. Right. He's probably just trying to go to sleep at that point. You know better than that. So basically, that's what Eric Burden thought just because of kind of the situation. But that was quickly dispelled because he he had 42 of the pills in his pocket. And if you're going to Why have, wouldn't you slam at least yeah. 20 of them? If you're them. trying to kill yourself, yeah, yeah. drinking that's all I, that. Like, if you're trying to do the job. Okay, so you were saying, however... However... So, John Bannister, right? You're John Bannister. The on-call registrar at the... Well, it's now closed, the St. Mary's Abbott's Hospital in Kensington. Uh, in Kensington? Yes. Okay. He said in the interview... <laughs> Keep going. I can't do this. Why not? I don't know. It's like when... Uh, he said in the interview... You haven't watched The Office, but it's like when they're doing the... Uh, uh, don't fucking go crazy, guys. I've watched a couple of episodes of The Office. I haven't had the time to sit down, so fuck off. It's like when uh, Oscar tries to do a southern accent in the murder <laughs> episode. It sounds hilarious. It's not... This... Don't run low on funds. <laughs> you don't have enough greenbacks. I know it's who like Oscar that. is, so it sounds funny. But so anyway... John Bannister, he said that it se- that Jimmy seemed to have drowned in a large amount of red wine, which versus so choking on his own vomit. That situation's also odd. Yeah. So keep, go with what you have, and I think I might have something a little bit so different. This account fits with one given by a James Tappy Wright, a 65-year-old roadie who worked for Hendrix manager Mike Jeffrey. So Wright has claimed that Jeffrey had taken out a two million dollar life insurance policy Ooh. on Jimi Hendrix amid concerns. Who did? Wait, who did? Mike Jeffrey. Jeffrey took out the insurance policy. Okay. On Jimi Hendrix. Okay. Because he had concerns about the increased drug taking that Jimmy was doing, uh, and he actually told uh, Wright that. He was worth that Hendrix is worth more to him dead than alive. Mm-hmm. And Wright alleges that Jeffrey confessed to him that he ordered the killing a month before his death. Oh, shit. In a plane crash. That's completely different than what I had. Holy fuck. Right. Okay. So the official version of Hendrix's death at the age of 27 was choking on vomit. Uh, but Wright's version is that Hendrix was killed on the orders of Jeffrey by a gang who broke into his hotel room and forced red wine and painkillers down his throat until he okay. drowned. I there's there's something that I have something that backs it up. So basically, mixing alcohol with the downers would probably be a, a, you're asking for trouble at that point. Mixing oh, yeah. alcohol with downers. Everybody knows you're not supposed to. Exactly. Don't drink <laughs> with sleeping pills. And then uh, the amount of red wine found in Hendrix's lungs suggests something a little bit more gruesome. Yeah. It's extremely rare that someone who intend, who's, uh, who intends on a night of hard drinking uh, binges, it, it's very rare that they drink so rapidly that the alcohol reaches their lungs. Their lungs. Another thing that's really weird about exactly what you just said, his blood alcohol content was so low 
that in comparison to the wine that he had drank, it basically just happened oh like just in the snap of a finger. So he his blood alcohol con the, the alcohol didn't have any time to get into his system. Right. His stomach was full of red wine, plus his lung was a little bit full of red right. red wine. This ingestion it happens so quickly it's more consistent it doesn't suggest that it's excessive drinking because right. if we're drinking like we're drinking right now this whiskey's already in our blood system yeah and i can feel it yeah we're it's coursing through my veins we're feeling the effects of it yeah and our blood alcohol content is up there his blood alcohol content was so low and he had such an excessive amount of red wine in his stomach that these side of these uh symptoms are more akin to waterboarding than anything. Oh shit. So this happens in, That makes me sad. This happens in people that get waterboarded. If you're waterboarding, obviously you you're trying to breathe at the same time as right. they're pouring water over your face. Your so well, you're drinking as much fluid as you can. I don't know if you know this, but there's this little flap in your trachea. It's called the epiglottis. Yes. And when your epiglottis opens... Similar to a flu in a chimney. Yeah. But you, not really because when it closes, your chimney doesn't have two When end, it closes, you breathe. When you open it, it you swallow. Or it could be opposite. I don't remember. One Ninth grade biology. Yeah. Um, but we do know that the mitochondria... But, mitochondria is the powerhouse. powerhouse. That's right. But the... Uh, the symptoms of waterboarding are essentially the same. You're getting water shoved. It's not shoved down your throat, but it's getting poured over your oh, face. Oh, I believe it was shoved down his throat. Yeah, you're getting water poured over your face to where you're trying to breathe, plus you're trying to drink oh, as much I have fluid. more about that. Trying too. to drink as much fluid at the same time. Yeah. So that accounts for him having a stomach full of red wine because he's trying to drink it so he doesn't fucking drown. Right. But at the same time, he's trying to breathe. So that's why he has it in his mm. lungs as well. But I think it's just a natural reaction for your body to vomit that stuff. Oh, if you have sure. that much that quick. It's happening it's that natural, fast, you're going to yeah, throw up. It's a natural reaction. So You the, ever been taking shots and then you take that one where you're like, you're, oh, oh, and then you got to run. <laughs> yep, you got to run. Yeah. But like I said, the, the physical evidence suggests that this excessive amount of red wine in his stomach and how low his blood alcohol content would is it's more uh, akin to being waterboarded rather than him actually binge drinking. I believe it. Which is, is crazy. So yeah. that's that just tripped that in my mind. For so, sure. So he forced pills down his throat, apparently. Right. So, this fucking... So John, what was the guy's name again? John Bannister. The Bannister fuck? So he was 67 years old. He said he had no idea who Hendrix was when he arrived. Blah, yow, chow. How do you not know who fucking Jimi Hendrix is? He was fucking Jimmy in his 60s. Fucking Hendrix. He was in his 60s. It was the 70s. He was like, I don't know that rock and roll garbage. Jimmy I Hen want some fucking swing music. Jimi Hendrix was literally the he biggest was like, act. Rup -tru, rup -tru, rup -tru. Yeah. But Jimi so, Hendrix was the biggest act in music. How do you what, not know who Jimmy is? What he does remember is being perplexed by how tall Jimmy was. He was huge. He said he was hanging over the table. We had him on by about 10 inches. He told the, the Times newspaper. He how do they know what inches was? They don't use inches. Well, it was an American patient. So. Or oh, okay, yeah, okay, gotcha. 
And so he they, said, they did it. He said he fought to resuscitate him, but there is no hope for survival. Uh, we worked very hard for about a half an hour, but there was no response at all. It was really an exercise in futility, he said. Somebody said to me, you know who that was? That was Jimi Hendrix. And of course I said, who is Jimi Hendrix? Should have taken a picture. So he had no fucking clue, right? Uh, he said that Wright's description in his memoir, Rock Roadster, of Hendrix's demise sounded plausible because of the volume of wine. Quote, the amount of wine that was over him was just extraordinary. Not only was it saturated right through his hair and shirt, but his lungs and stomach were absolutely full of wine, he said. I have never seen so much wine. We had a sucker that you put down his trachea, the entrance to his lungs and the whole of his back, the whole of the back of his throat. We kept sucking him out and surging and surging. He had already vomited up masses of red wine and I would have thought there was half a bottle of wine in his hair. He had really drowned in a massive amount of red wine. Which sounds... So we're talking really more than a bottle's worth of wine. Which sounds a lot like... Well, if it's in his hair, I mean, that obviously he threw up. So, I mean, I can see it getting there. But, no, but if someone's forcibly pouring if it, somebody's water- that explains why it would get in your hair. If somebody's waterboarding you, if they got a fucking towel over your face while they're just pouring wine all over your fucking right. in your mouth. Oh, so yeah. you're you're saying that they actually fucking waterboarded no, him not, with red wine? I'm not saying necessarily, but I mean that that's consistent. That would happen. You know, what I'm I mean? thinking that someone I'm literally they forced. Literally, yeah. Fucking pills down his there throat. There was another guy that was opening his, his shit fucking ton of face. Wine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like just literally, right. yeah. At I, least three or four guys. That makes more sense. But I'm just saying it's also consistent with being waterboarded, yeah. which essentially this is what this is. When you're just forcing stuff down his throat. Right. It That's water, wine boarding, as we say. Wine boarding would be a little bit more harsh, too. That sounds like it, a sailing at term. Least, at least. <laughs> at least water when you drink it it doesn't burn or anything it's just like okay but wine you got a little bit of that alcohol tinge Dude, to it i don't know man anyways so homeboy forced all this stuff down his throat and killed him yes what's next i don't know man <laughs> so, so have you have you heard of the uh the what you call it cointel pro or the counterintelligence program that was designed by the fbi no okay so they're wait uh, are you telling me that this is another elvis type situation where jimmy is an informant for the no 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 oh okay so there were many people who believed as you said earlier believed to benefit from hendrix quote-unquote removal it's called quote-unquote motive yeah his his removal the cointel pro or the counterintelligence program designed by the fbi was aimed to eliminate subversive behaviors within the country and basically subversive behaviors for you those of you who don't know i mean i had to google it it are, I said in another episode I didn't know what it meant And then you asked me what it meant And I was like I don't put it. Okay so I, I googled it And it basically means somebody that's trying to go counter establishment You're okay. basically like Fuck the man type of thing Right. So, so storming area 51 would be subversive It probably would be subversive But my name is Kyle And I need to be on the front line <laughs> So <laughs> you gotta go in first. Bro. I have no choice. As long as they put drywall on the fence, 
and can and they stock up on monster energy drinks? Dude, I'm telling you, I've already taken down three of the infinity monsters. I got holy shit, you dude, got three to go. I got blue, I got red, and I got orange. I got space and time, then you're fucking, then you, and soul. And then you after can that, snap away half the I, fucking guards. I could just monster snap, and they're gone. <laughs> So I'm halfway the fuck there. In the last two days, I've consumed three of the Infinity Monsters. I'm, I'm well on my way, guys. I'll be ready for September 20th. Anyways, so the, the it's basically there to eliminate subversive behaviors. Hendrick's appearance at quote-unquote subversive benefits resulted in the CFI. Uh, CFI, that's not an organization. No. The FBI, I was thinking CIA and FBI at the same time. Um, the FBI opening the uh, and a dossier on him with the ability, uh, with his ability to motivate masses, he was clearly a target. Because of his influence. Because of his influence. Uh, he... He was also a target because a lot of... Could you imagine how big of a fucking Instagram influencer Jimi Hendrix would have been? I think... No, I don't think he would have been that big. I think he would have really? had... I think he would have had a team that's big, but Jimi himself, I think he wouldn't have given a shit. You that's know what, I mean? what makes him so fucking yeah. cool, though. I think he would have just been like, yeah, I don't give a fuck, but his... That's what makes all the people in the 27 Club yeah. so cool. But his, They all didn't give a all fuck. Of them. But his team would have taken a shit ton of pictures and had like the picture oh, yeah. of him smashing the guitar on right. Woodstock and put it up there. All those artsy fartsy white bitches he was fucking. He, that's it. Right. Yeah, the dirty feet Woodstock right. bitches. T O T drinking ass fucking photography. Long titty, no nipple having ass. So. Anyways, basically his ability to move the masses was seen by the uh, the Cointel Pro the the program, and they saw it as a threat essentially. Uh, Hendrix also his connection to manager Mike Jeffrey only furthered his surveillance by the FBI. Jeff, uh, Jeffrey had rumored on numerous occasions alluded was rumored on numerous occasions. Jesus Christ, where I'm at. They alluded to connecting him with an underground organization such as uh, Clyde Mays. Clyde Mays will do it. Um, But Jeffries was connected to underground organizations such as the Black Panthers and parties like that that were very anti-establishment at the time. Subversive. Subversive. In addition, uh, where is it? Let me see. Well, basically, they uh, he had... He was in connection with a bunch of events that were subversive events that were basically anti-Vietnam, yada yada, anti-establishment yeah, right. type of thing. And Jimmy would play at these type of benefits, he, and right. he had the power to move people there back and forth to right. get this type of message. Um, in addition, Cynthia McKinney, U.S. House of Representatives and Green Party nominee for the president uh, presidency of the United States in 2008 had penned Hendrick's murder on a government plot to eradicate such leaders. So, an uh, actual running... Uh, a, a Green Party, I'm not well, going to call it an she, actual running. She didn't, didn't run, but... Although a, it was Green Party back in the day, so it was legit. Well, 08... Versus... 08, that oh, was wait, Obama. Wait, 2008? 08, yeah. Oh, no, that was, it wasn't legit then. No, that was that was Obama. Like, no. she didn't have a shot, but... The Green Party really existed to keep 
Anyway, that's a whole political thing. I'm no, not go into it. Into... Go into it, Christopher. The Green Party so, existed uh, to keep Nixon out. Ross. Uh, Al Ghul? No. Uh, Ross Perot died, right? Oh, yeah, that guy. Ross Perot was the guy who ran in the early 2000s and then initially got Bush into office. Mm. Which one? Herbert? Herbert Walker Bush or W? <laughs> I forgot which okay. one. Anyways, I don't. so moreover, Hendricks had publicly called upon the Black sorry. the Black Panther Party to go to Washington, D.C. and quote-unquote shoot up the place. R.I.P. So, Rossboro. So apparently Jimmy, I think he just glossed over that. Jimmy Hendricks had called the Black Panther Party and told them to shoot up the place in D.C. What? What? Huh? What? That's what it Hang says. on. I'm sorry. I was... Moreover... Hendrix, more, <laughs> Hendrix had publicly called upon the Black Panther Party to go to Washington, D.C. and shoot the place up. Quote, unquote. That's... that's. Oh, the FBI killed him. So... Just for that. Well, at that time... He could have been like, Black Panther Party, Storm Area 51. They would have fucking killed him. What? I mean, at the, at the time, it was a very divisive subject still... Uh, Black people still didn't have the same rights as white people. They, mm-hmm. It wasn't segregated, and the idea of a mass shooting, yeah, was still pretty, yeah, pretty volatile. Yeah, seg- now it's a little mainstream. Like, oh, was that last week? It's like, or pff, you're still doing mass shootings? Like the next pff, one? Weird. Wait, wait until next week. But <laughs> the fucking uh, basically, it, it was still divisive. So I mean, they they. They, there was no segregation or anything like that, but black people still weren't treated the same. There was still you know, segregation I mean, in the 70s. I mean, in some places, yes. Yes. Yeah, and it's still not still not where it needs to be today. It's not great. But back then, I could see With how, our president telling people to go back where they came from and everything. And all that. It's not so good. And, you know, the whole, like, FEMA concentration camp thing that we, they ha- literally have going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They literally have that going on right now. Um, but back then, I can see radical ideas like that being put out there because something had to be done. Something well, Nam was like a fucking... For everybody. She, everyone was not like, just, yeah, fuck them. Yeah, well, not just... Not just black people, but that was everybody. Everyone. That was it. Nobody wanted to go to Vietnam. They thought the war was bullshit, and they're just like sending it people. Was. Over. It was. It really was, and they're just sending people over there for no fucking reason. So I can see why somebody of his stature would call. Like, like if Kanye West said something like that today, nobody would like bat an eye at it. They'd be like, "Oh yeah, that's fucking Kanye." You know what I mean? Kanye being Kanye. Type of, yeah, type of thing. But yeah. if it was somebody that was a little bit more subdued in the public eye, that didn't really. Uh, say much. If it was like Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, like if The yeah. Rock's just doing his own thing, doing his grind, and then all of a sudden he's like, you know what? Fuck Trump. We need to get this motherfucker out. Everybody be like, oh shit. He'd be like, yeah, fuck him. Yeah, out of nowhere, it would be Although awesome. Although everyone's already like, yeah, fuck him. Well, not everybody. Mm, most. I would assume. I feel because we live in California, it feels like yes, most. That's what I'm saying. But that's what I'm saying. Most of our shitheads, yes. Yes. But I would. There's a good percentage of the country that's like, oh yeah, Trump's the best thing ever. I have a couple patients that are like, what the fuck was that? That was a truck. Okay. I have a couple patients that are like 80 plus. They think. 
they say Trump's the best thing or whatever, Dude, and they're upset I, because I think that I should have universal health care and that I should have free college tuition. They're, they're like, you damn socialist. And I was like, haven't you been to Europe? And they're like, I've been all over the world. And I was See? like, so don't you understand that other countries have it better than we do? And we're technically doing... See, there's... We're much better off? There's truths and... The, the, there's truths to that statement, but then we do... We do have it better than 90% of the countries out there in America. But there are countries that have things figured out, like a universal income and universal health care. I still think capitalism in the way that we do things is the but way... But what about our freedom, Kyle? <laughs> is what the... about our freedom? It's freedom versus socialism! <laughs> I think what we do is the way to go, but I think there needs to be tweaks to it to make it perfect. We need to be free. And that means keeping it the way it is. I'm trying to find... And it's only good for white males, and that's the way it's supposed to be. N not only white males, apparently. That, Who's that, that? Oh, that's an old Filipino customer that came into my store the other day. Oh, he looks like a white male. And No, he's Filipino. He talks like, what's up, brah? And like, almost like Hawaiian Filipino. But I mean, look at him. And he's literally... He looks like Travolta. It, <laughs> he made me drop my phone there. But he's got a Trump 2020 hat on, so there's a lot of fucking dumb people Dude, that are out there just why? walking around. Anyways, I digress. We're Jimmy talking about Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix. Um, but, yeah, so he basically called these people. Well, he, he's putting messages out there, and he's the type of person that can entice people or influence people in a certain way of thinking. And he was at a lot of these rallies that were very subversive to what the government was trying to do at the time. So... The Cointel Pro, the counterintelligence program that was trying to get rid of all that stuff. Why don't you just say the counterintelligence pro? Because the Cointel Pro it just throws me the fuck off, and I don't know why. That's supposed to be the abbreviation. It's a but shit. It's Dude, shit. The guy after World War II must have retired before they he, made the Cointel this, Pro. This isn't the Operation uh, Midnight Climax. No, guy. this isn't the same guy. Or it was the other uh, whatever. Although this is FBI, so they probably been shitty. It's different. The whole it's not time. CSI. Yeah. I mean CIA. <laughs> His CSI, you know. Looks like they're not going to prom with <laughs> one hand. Bow, bow. <laughs> the yeah! fucking flame. Daddy. Won't get food again. <laughs> but the counterintelligence program, they're trying to nip that shit in the butt. So it's not too far off to say that this program could have been the individuals that you were talking about. That forced wine and barbiturates down his throat in order to kill him because fucking, what was her name? I forgot her name. Uh, Danaman's fucking account. She just left for some reason. She was gone for a while. She she left like everybody's uh, deadbeat dad. She yeah. went to go get a cart. She was just gone. She never came back. Yeah, that's it. What if they break into Area 51 and they find all the guys that went out for a carton of cigarettes? And never came back. Yeah, they just got... They're back. Oh my God, shut up. That's scary. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she just dipped out. And then in that time that she dipped out, these guys came in and just... Fucking assassinated Jimmy Hendrix. She gets Hendrix. back to her flat and she's like, <laughs> "No, she was probably in on the shit." Well, there's probably a FBI agent sitting there on the bed smoking a fucking cigarette in the dark. He was like, "Come here, honey. Come here, toots. This is how it's gonna go. This is the '70s, not the '30s." Oh, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we're used to being like, you know, mid '40s. It's 
everything that we've said makes it very fishy that it would have been either drug induced suicide or like he just got sick because of how his blood alcohol he content did have was the flu at the time he did but his blood the flu in the 70s didn't really kill people it wasn't yeah the, the influenza epidemic of the 20s was yeah. Pretty much far gone by the seventies. It was a little bit different. Yeah, you know. Oh, you know what? The people FBI vaccinate. Said, he said, "Hey there, foxy lady." Yeah, that's Here's it. How it's gonna go. Get now. over here, you jive turkey. Foxy lady. Oh, that's a Jimmy song. That's a callback. I like it. <laughs> that's amazing, but it's like his blood, his low blood alcohol content. And how much wine was everywhere and in his system, dude? It doesn't all in add his up. Fucking hair, and sh- it, like it doesn't add up. There's no way that he can no drink way. that fast. I want to know how much wine was on the bed. The bed. Well, the vomit was black and what do you and say? Brown. Black and brown. Red wine probably looks black on most sheets. I mean, unless you spread it out. <laughs> if it's in, if it's in high enough concentration, right? You know what I mean? It'll yeah. look black, especially if it's vomit as well. You know, but. That and uh, who, who the fuck was that guy that said he had tried to kill him on the plane? The oh, fuck, the that, fuck is that guy was... name? Like that was a Mister James uh, Tappy Wright. So so Tappy he brought he got out that he's li- the road manager uh, under Mike Jeffrey. So he got out the, the, uh, life insurance policy. It could have been because of Mike Jeffrey. Two mil. He got only $2 million though. In 1970. That's a lot of fucking money. Only 2 million. That's a lot of money in 1970. Jimmy. Was it 70 or when was it? 72. Also part of me feels like Jimmy didn't give a fuck about money either. He just wanted to do his own thing and be his own guy. I think money for him was just a tool. Like he had money because he was obviously the greatest guitar player that's ever lived. Right. So he, but he didn't want to consider himself the greatest that ever lived. He just wanted to be doing his own. Dude, his net worth at the time was ridiculous compared to everybody else. He was worth like 175 million dollars, which was unheard of at that time. Dude, the man was fucking being hella wasted, going back to the apartment, taking a bath, writing poems. Yeah. Who the fuck? Dude, you know, I went to, I just, <laughs> I got back from my, uh, my vacation from Seattle about a month ago and they have in the museum of modern, uh, of pop culture, they have a whole Jimi Hendrix wing. Well, yeah, he's from Washington. Yeah. I, he's buried in Renton, yeah. in Renton, Washington. I think that is the town he, he was growing up, but they have a bunch of, his songs written out on the walls, like handwritten songs. Yeah. And not even, I, I say, I think every single one of his songs that was written out was on a, uh, a piece of hotel stationery. Yeah. Like every single one of them was, it said like the fucking red lion or like the Ritz Carlton, like every single one of them had that. It was ridiculous. The only thing that wasn't like that was his journal, but his journal was literally like, a diary, like his right. thoughts and feelings. It wasn't yeah. his poems. It wasn't, yeah. His poems was on hotel stationary paper, which was crazy. Like all which of is his, like super fucking cool. Jimmy, Hin- Jimmy was the man, and you fuckers who killed him need to fucking pay for it. That's motherfuckers. right. He die because he didn't die on his own. He was no, murdered. he for sure didn't he was die murdered. on his own. He didn't fucking commit suicide. So th- he was killed. Well, Tappy had the two million dollar insurance policy. 
No, Tappy didn't have shit. What happened was Mike Jeffrey. Mike took Jeffrey out- had the insurance policy. Right. So I mean, Mike Jeffrey could have been setting him up the whole so time. So the thing is, Mike Jeffrey said that Jimmy was worth more to him dead than alive yes. because Mike Jeffrey also knew that Jimmy was going to leave him because Jimmy yep. called his lawyer to, to find out a way out of that contract. Yep. So if you're Mike Jeffrey at the time, you know you're going to be out of that contract. And Mike Jeffrey at the time was indebted a lot of money. He yeah. Was, he had a lot he of tried debt. tried to get a lot real quick. So... That two million dollars would come in handy yeah. for Jeffrey. Jimmy wasn't going to pay him two mil. So for I mean, me, Jimmy. I think this is a classic case of the manager killing the fucking artist. Yep. I mean, a la uh, Selena, Selena, Sel- what? Whatever. Oh, Selena, Selena. Yep. Selena. Yep. But no, wait, who's Selena? No, I'm just playing. I did that once. I think it was to you. I think it was to you, and not to you. It was you. Oh, it was your wife's family. So yeah, don't fuck around those, like that. Those of you who don't know, Christopher's wife is Mexican in descent. Uh, that's Mexican. Mexican in you. descent. And there was one time we were at a Two party, S's. and somebody mentioned something about Selena, and I jokingly, of course, I know who Selena is. I was like, wait, who's Selena? The you know the scenes in the movies where the record stops and everybody turns and looks their head and that's when I that's exactly what happened (laughs) and then I just started laughing because I knew I I got the reaction that I wanted it was amazing but do you think that Mike Jeffrey because him being his manager and booking his his uh, concerts do you think Mike Jeffrey set him up and put him in the more subversive uh, rallies and benefits on purpose because he knew something was being looked at. I think that's what Jimmy wanted. I could see that. Personally. Yep. I think Jimmy had pretty, although he didn't really explicitly say, I think he had some pretty extreme political views. I don't think they were extreme. I think they were the way they need to be. Yeah, I think he, he saw a need for change and he wanted to use his talent as a platform. And that's the kind of things he wanted to do with his life. And that's fine to, to me when his manager was just along for the ride. And if you're a shit manager, your talent is going to be like, I don't want you to be my manager anymore with everything that you've said. I, uh, I think 100% that it was Jeffries that had it. Yeah, had it situated because the same the the stuff that I looked up also suggests that, but it also suggests that the government had a play into it, which I could see happening. But it makes a whole lot more sense that somebody that's tied up for money that knew knew he was going to get dumped was like, "Yep." My problem is the inconsistencies with Dan all the stories, all dude. Every single so after of after it, he dies, right? Uh, uh, Hendrix, one of his girlfriends, I don't know fucking which one, they were like, no, we need to do another investigation. So it happened in the UK. So Scotland Yard is like, fine, we'll do another investigation, but we don't really give a fuck. So, yeah, they put, they opened it up with Scotland Yard, but they right. were like, they go ahead. Danaman was in the Scotland Yard one. She totally didn't even talk about the fact that she went out to get cigarettes. Yeah, the story was completely different. She just said she woke up at 11, his face was covered in vomit, and he was breathing noisily. Yeah, apparently she she had already 
said that he was on his way right. to being dead at that point. And she said that 10 of her sleeping tablets were missing. Well, that's pretty consistent with what Well, they I said, said they yeah. had nine, but well, I mean, in another time... What's one? What was it, 10 fucking milligrams? It's not going to do much. I mean, yeah, whatever. His face was covered in vomit. She tried to wake him, but she couldn't. She called the ambulance, taking him to Killington prior to the hospital. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. But so then the, she said. A, so then she said that there were nine sleeping tablets missing. So she changed the story, yeah. right? Okay. From ten to nine, which is like, what the fuck? Ever. It's marginal, but still, right. you it, ten's a round number. You, you should to be remember a ten. Consistent. Uh, yeah. But even the inconsistencies between the EMT's report and Danaman's report. Danaman was like, "Oh yeah, they this right," this and then they happened. came into a fucking dark ass flat. She yeah. wasn't even there. Yeah. So what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. She, he was murdered. So I feel it like wasn't... she's also, I don't know if she was brought in as part of the deal with. Well, she probably got paid the out. Manager. She probably got paid out in the life insurance. Right. I don't know if she got paid out. Well, it well, wasn't the $2 whole million thing, dollar but fucking no, life insurance. She, but she probably she got, got like paid 50 out some. K. Yeah. That's a solid chunk to just to sleep with. Especially in the seventies. Well, the one night they were. Right. You know, they were romantically involved, but yeah, I don't know. He was murdered. It wasn't, this wasn't natural causes with everything that that's happening. I mean, for me, it's honestly, it's the blood alcohol content that does it to me with that much right. wine in your system. You would be well above 0.08 or something like that. They said that it was, it was below the legal limit. Right. Like it wasn't even consistent with, it was nowhere near consistent with what, he had in him. His lungs were full and his stomach was full with wine and his blood alcohol content was basically nothing. When we arrived at the flat, the door was flung wide open. Nobody about his body on the bed. There was just me and the casually and the casual and the casualty and Reg, the driver. Nobody That's a else. nice way to put it. Right. Danaman didn't leave in the ambulance. She was with me, according to Jones. Hendrick's bowels and bladder had released some of their contents prior oh, to the God. ambulance crew's arrival. That. Oh, jeez. So he shit himself on the bed. Susan Fucking, yeah. Stout was stated that vomit was dry when they arrived, making use of their respirator, respir respirator. respirator ineffective. Uh, when we moved Hendrix, the gases were gurgling. You get that when someone's died. According to police officer Smith, uh, the ambulance men were there, but Jimmy was dead. There was really nothing they could do for him. Smith oh, this also motherfucker disputes, got murdered. Smith also disputes Danaman's claim that there, uh, that she was there with Hendrix and the flat in the ambulance. Fuck that cunt. No, I remember quite sorry, clearly. Sorry, that's a strong word. The door shutting on the crew and Jimmy. There was no one about. If she had been in the flat, they would have never called anyone to come. But because there was no one there, he was dead. Then the circumstances were a little odd. Suspicious, they radioed us in. I. It wasn't until later that day I found out that it was Jimi Hendrix. Jesus Christ. But no, he, he was murdered. Somebody, sure. Somebody did this. Somebody put a bottle of wine down his throat with nine fucking sleeping so pills to make it look like. She radioed when she got home. So between what? How long does it take to get a fucking pack well, it, of cigarettes? It depends on how far the car, the the store is, and if you have to walk, you're or in you London. Have a car. You know what I mean? You're in London. There's probably one on the corner. There's probably one on the corner. 
10 minutes? If I know anything about the UK slash Europe, I'm sorry that the Brexit thing's happening, so it's hard to fucking do it. Whatever. There are smoke shops everywhere, yeah. and you can buy tobacco anywhere. So, so it 15, doesn't take a lot of 15 time. 15 minutes max. Right. You know? Him doing that, and then the ambulance coming within 10 minutes, the vomit's not dry. No, he had been dead for a while. He's been dead for a fucking while. Yeah. And you let him die. And that's Yeah, she probably saw you. it and was like, oh, if I cut you in, if you let this happen, I'm going to give you this much. And they're like, oh, okay. You right. know what I mean? She probably never had money. Jimmy probably didn't give her shit because he's like, no, we're just living in the moment, baby. You know what right. I mean? Right. Because he's Jimmy this, fucking Hendrix. I'm here for a good time, not a long time, baby. Yeah, type of shit. He really wasn't. But, you know. For real. But, no. Nah, there's no way that this was him and the dude from the fucking doors and Janis Joplin yep and all them but yeah he was fucking murdered this bitch killed him I'm on board no he's 100% murdered if you listen to this there's no way that I don't know about the waterboarding thing but he was for sure no what I'm not saying he was took fucking like three three wine bottles of, I'm not, three plus wine I'm bottles I'm not saying he was waterboarded I'm saying it's consistent with being waterboarded which is an excessive amount of fluid dropped over your face while you're trying to breathe which is a, that for sure which happened. is essentially the same thing that happened with this they just shoved wine down his throat they they said that the amount of wine on his shirt and in his hair was equal amazing. to like a bottle yeah. like insane they said there was at least a half a wine in his, uh, a half a and bottle of wine the, in his fucking hair the only thing that I didn't see in this cause I never I never heard any of them mention that there was any wine bottles at the scene either right I, you figure that would be something oh I there, didn't hear nothing th- about that there was five wine bottles as well that were empty if you're you know? Scotland Yard and you're doing an investigation you would think that they would come up with like oh maybe you would Look for red wine. At okay. The scene. So how many wine bottles did they have? But oh, there's only one. If Wait the official, second. if the official <laughs> statement is uh, a barbiturate intoxication, you're probably looking for the. They said whatever sleep. They said pills alcohol there are. and barbiturates. So okay, they said so it had to do with wine. Look, so they right. should have looked for wine bottles. I and mean, if there's only one wine bottle at the that's pre- not enough to do the, what happened to at Jimmy. the premises, and you see all of this wine everywhere, you're like, wait a fucking second, no fucking way, this is a little fishy here, dude. It had to be at least three bottles of wine. Yeah, well, so it couldn't have been just Jimmy drinking I, it that fast. I don't know about you, but like. If you ever I, chugged a bottle of red wine? I haven't chugged a bottle of red wine, but it's it, rough. Bro. I, I was about to say <laughs> it's rough, bro. <laughs> but if I was going to drink the equivalent amount of fluid in water, if I just got a wine bottle's worth of water, dude, seven hundred fifty no, mLs I of could, water. I could for I could for sure drink that. Yeah, you know what I mean. I couldn't drink it to where my lungs are getting filled with fucking yeah, water. Yeah, exactly. But it would be not in my willingly. System. You could fill that up if your if your stomach. And your lungs are full. That's more than a bottle of wine. That's for sure more than a bottle of yeah. wine. Like, unless he had his tiny ass stomach. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Some people do. But, I mean, Jimmy was a giant of a man. I doubt he had a small stomach. I don't know. That bit, that motherfucker was murdered. I don't he care who murked, you is. Murked out. He was murdered. Just folded $2 million for no reason. For $2 mi- That's it. And how was, how much was his net worth at the time? One hundred and seventy-five million dollars, dude. Uh-huh. 
Merked for two mil. 175 million in the 70s was ridiculous. And that motherfucker only had five albums. Five. He was only 20 fucking seven. He only had five albums and he's this prominent in everything. Whatever. I love Jimi Hendrix. May you rest in peace, Jimmy. I love you. Thank you for your music. Sorry you were murdered. Sorry you were murdered. Peace I out. love you. I love you, Jimmy. I love you too. And I miss you, Jimmy. And I don't want to miss a thing. Oh, don't ruin this with the Aerosmith bullshit. I love Aerosmith, but not that fucking song. Armageddon was crap. Along the Watchtower was really good. I love that song. That song. Foxy Lady. Voodoo Child. All Along the Watchtower. Purple Haze. Purple. Purple Haze across the sky. Dude, you, you just go on. Every single one of his songs was great. Electric Ladyland, fucking amazing. Is that anything like Lunch Ladyland? But better. What? Of course it's better. Sloppy Joe, sloppy, sloppy Joe. If you have a problem with this episode, listen to some fucking Jimi Hendrix and get over it. Yeah, if you don't know what any of these are, Straight then, up. then lick my Honestly, dick. Honestly, anytime I hear a song and I don't know who it's by, but I It's can, Jimi Hendrix. I know, no, it's Jimi Hendrix. No, if... I can hear if it's Jimi Hendrix. Oh, for sure. Yeah, th- there's plenty of songs out there that he literally has a he note. has a sound. He has, he a, sound. has a note named the Jimmy. Well, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of chords that because get, his hands were so goddamn big. Yeah, there's a bunch of chords there that are people Jimmy call Hendrix cord, Hendrix call chords, Jimmy chords, or Hendrix chords right. because he he had these gigantic fucking fingers where he can stretch like four frets that no, nobody with regular hands can do no. except for Jimmy and he just made it work right. it's ridiculous but if there's a song out there that I don't know what it is and even if it's a Jimi Hendrix song that I don't know is a Jimi Hendrix song you know it's I Jimmy. know it's Jimmy I'll hear it all. oh that's fucking you Jimmy you can tell if I don't know what the song is Dude, I know it's him he just he expands the way an electric guitar can sound and Thank you for listening to our boner fest of Jimi Hendrix. Yes. Uh, he was murdered. You heard it here first. Boom. Shit. question for you what is your favorite i shouldn't have this but i want this like snack i shouldn't have it but i want it yeah oh that's a good question that's yeah. a very good question yeah oh man like you're like you're on the way home and you're I, like you I, know what i'm snack. gonna stop and get a it's gotta be a fucking uh, a Wendy's Junior Bacon Cheeseburger. That's a quick snack? Well, you said like on your way home and get this. Like for me, quick snacks like drive through on my way home. I'm I not. Get, get, I mean, that's so like a meal. Are, are, dog. We, are we talking about, we're talking about like snack, like, like a chips quick or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> All right, I'll tell you mine. I'll tell you mine first. Mine's the, you know, you go to 7 Eleven, mm-hmm. you know, Taquitos. Oh, the fucking Jack the fucking, Cheddar one. Oh, the Mon- no, the Monterey Jack yeah. Chicken one. Yeah, that's so fucking good. Oh my! I, I have, have no reason why they're so good, but they just—they're so I don't know. good. Nope, that's I'm, mine. <sighs> that and hot fries. 
I was going to say hot fries. I think hot fries. Por que no queso? Por que no queso? <laughs> Fucking Joseph Walker. <laughs> you know that story, right? Yeah. <laughs> he tried to act like he didn't speak English so he could put cheese on his hot fries. <laughs> Por que no queso? <laughs> Fucking like six foot six fucking black dude trying to act like he only spoke Spanish. Yeah. We were in, uh, what the fuck's her name? Miss Condren's class. We were in Miss Condren's class and uh, this chick's pencil went missing. And <laughs> it just, she couldn't find, I can't find my pencil. And Miss Condren was like, Joseph, give her back her pencil. And he was like, why'd I take the pencil? Porque soy negro. <laughs> 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 and he just kept going on. It was hilarious. God, that man's still funny to this day. He's I, hilarious. I talked to him the other day. Yeah? Yeah, on Instagram. 